With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everybody. Got to tell you about uh, Billy and Mary over at Aqueduct Plumbing Company in Houston. Great folks. If uh, you need a plumber, you need any plumbing work done, call 281-488-6238, 281-488-6238, or aqueductplumbingcompany.com. Of course, they do it all for you. Repipes, leak detection, camera inspection, plumbing fixtures, water heaters, tankless water heaters. They'll get you taken care of. It's our friends over at Aqueduct Plumbing Company, 281-488-6238, or aqueductplumbingcompany.com. They're at your disposal. I think my favorite storyline of the weekend was involving Jeff Saturday. Of course, Jeff Saturday was a center for the uh, Colts forever, and he was great, and he's buddies with Peyton Manning, part of all those great teams, yada, yada, yada. And last week, he got the interim head coaching job after the Colts fired Frank Reich. And it was, oh, it was the end of the world. All these media dopes. This is an outrage. This is racist. This is cronyism. It's the good old boys. He's never coached. He's never been a coach at any level. How dare they? This is unfair. This is unfair. Oh, my God. And, um, of course, everybody had these types of opinions in the media. I mean, very few people had the balls to go, it's just coaching football. It's not rocket science. I'm sure the guy can understand how to coach. Maybe he can learn on the job. Oh, but what about all those assistants? Great. They didn't get a shot at it. Like, guess what? Jim Irsay's got a shit ton of money, and Jim Irsay can say who he thinks should be the one that's uh, coaching his team or not. So, like, you can spin it as racism, you can spin it as good old boyism or cronyism, whatever. Spin it however the hell you want, but a guy who's in charge decided to put Jeff Saturday in charge of the football team. Didn't bother me at all, and I sat back yesterday, and I would have had no interest in the Raiders and Colts other than that because I desperately wanted Jeff Saturday to win yesterday, and it made me nothing. He might go on to lose 10 more games. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you could look at these great moments and say, wow, what a, a, a turning point for someone, and then they go on to lose five in a row, and it doesn't matter. You see that in a lot of movies. Like, a lot of these movies about sports culminate in this great moment. Like, the, the Moneyball movie, where it culminated, like, the, the apex of the movie was when they had their long winning streak, and they set, you know, a record-length winning streak, you know? 
they don't tell you that, hey, they go on and lose in the playoffs and Billy Bean shit never actually worked for winning championships, but it was fine, right? Like, you find that high point. Maybe this is the high point for Jeff Saturday. Maybe it never gets better than this. Maybe that win over the Raiders is the only win he'll ever have as a head coach. Maybe he'll win eight games in a row and they'll make the playoffs. I don't know. But the outrage over it was spectacular. I mean, everybody had their different indignations around it, whether it was race or opportunity or whatever. People loved it and they had hammered it when the whole and this isn't even on purpose but I have a natural inclination to go against the overwhelming majority on everything I don't set out to do it so I don't know that I'd call myself a troll or uh, I don't know if I'd call myself like the devil's advocate whatever because I don't do it on purpose it just naturally my natural inclination is to go against the masses because generally speaking the masses are part of groupthink and people that are involved in groupthink are dipshits and I'm just I think naturally I gravitate towards the other side and in this case I had nothing for or against Jeff Saturday going in but then after hearing all the dipshits in the media all I wanted was for Jeff Saturday to win Sunday that's all I wanted he could lose 10 more but that win on Saturday, with all the the week leading up to all the hate and the venom and the vitriol towards this guy, I just wanted him to win. And the vitriol kind of came to a head on Sunday morning when Bill Cower uh, gave us a two-minute rambling, a holier-than-thou monologue about what it's like to be a coach in the NFL and why this is a, a disgraceful decision by the Colts. You know, guys, I, I played in National Football League for five years. I went on to become an assistant coach right from playing the coach, and I was assistant coach for seven years. Hmm. Blessed to be able to go to Pittsburgh and be a head coach at the age of 34 for 15 years. I'm speaking on behalf of the coaching profession. I know for a fact that Jeff Sarity was offered an opportunity to become a head, an assistant coach with the Indianapolis Colts multiple times in the last four years. He declined, citing that he had a TV job and wanted to spend more time with his family. Mm-hmm. I get it. That's fair. I get it. Coaching is about commitment and it's about sacrifice. It's not just a job. It's a lifestyle. That being said. So sanctimonious. It's not just a job. It's a lifestyle. Jeff Sarity has taken a position this year as a consultant for the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. And he's talked to them weekly from his home in Atlanta. Wow. I also enjoy how the guys in the background are acting as sort of like hype men. Like, oh, wow. Oh, tell him, coach. Now to find out on Monday, in that short period of time, he's now the head coach of the new Indianapolis Colts, overseeing a staff that he chose not to, not to choose. Not to join. Because of a lifestyle. Jeff Sari talked about in his first press conference the fact that he's going to use his second half as an opportunity to build his resume to see whether or not he can coach in the future. Mm. I say to that, what about the assistants on the staff right now? All right, so when you hear what about those assistants now, you think you're going to hear a bunch of dudes you probably never heard of. He's going to maybe list some dudes who are, you know, defensive line coaches, offensive line coaches, receivers coaches, black dudes, Mexican dudes, Hispanic dudes, Asian dudes, whatever, dudes that he can mention that he can say, see, why do those guys not get their opportunity? You would think it's people that have legitimately never had an opportunity that he's going to mention. Well, Bill Cowher does not do that. The guys that were there in training camp, the guys that were there early in the morning and late at night, 
Guy again, hardworking guys. I'm talking guys that have never been given an opportunity. Guys who have been passed up, whether it be you know, the Rooney Rule didn't benefit them or whatever. Guys who will never get a shot, and they should get this opportunity, right? Right? Well, who does he mention? The guys that have gone through the first six weeks in that building. Guys like Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley, the failed former head coach of the Jaguars, who's been given plenty of opportunities. Got it. Scotty Montgomery. Okay. Uh, John Fox. John Fox. Now, unless I don't know if there's a different John Fox, but if my calculations are correct and if memory serves, John Fox was an NFL head coach for like two decades, and I think he had, what, two different head coaching jobs. John Fox has to be in his 70s by now, right? Let me look that up. John Fox is 67. And John Fox has had two NFL head coaching jobs. The guy was a head coach in the NFL. Oh, sorry, three. I forgot about the Bears. I forgot about that. So the guy was a head coach three separate times. I Look, you want to make your holier-than-thou case about how guys were not given an opportunity and Jeff Saturday, who didn't even really seem interested in the job, was given this opportunity, this plum opportunity to be an interim coach. If you want to give me that, I'll say, okay, maybe you've got something there, Bill Cowher. But if your argument is going to be Gus Bradley flame out with the Jaguars and a dude who's been an NFL head coach at three different places, eh, you don't have me there. You lose me. Don't they deserve the opportunity? No, they don't. I think they've already been given the opportunity. Dude, 67 years old, has been a head coach three different times. Coach damn near two decades in the league. For an owner to hire a coach who's never been an assistant at the college level or the pro level and overseeing a very much a lot of candidates that are qualified for that job, as we see in Steve Wilkes, an opportunity to build a resume. It's a disgrace to the coaching profession. Mm. And regardless how this thing plays out, what happened in Indianapolis is a travesty. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. A travesty! (laughs) A travesty it is! No, a travesty or a tragedy is two airplanes colliding in an air show in Dallas and everybody's dead in a ball of fire. That's a travesty. That's a tragedy. Come on, man. So for the next half of the season, some guy who's never been a head coach is going to be the head coach of an NFL team. Big fucking deal. Like the, the sanctimonious message from Bill Cower is just truly sad. Remember, it's all about uh, who, the, who the talent, who they think has talent. That's in any profession. 
There's a lot of big-titted chicks that get plum jobs in television and radio who are not as good at television or radio as I am. But I know they got big tits and they're a lot sexier on TV than I am, and I don't blame the people for hiring them. Make yourself impossible to not hire. That's what I would tell people. Look, Jim Irsay's a wacko, right? He's a pilled-out wacko. But that's his team and it's his choice. He said, I'm going to put Jeff Saturday in there and people can shit on it all they want. But ultimately, I don't give a damn because I'm going to do this because I'm the guy that does the hiring and the firing and I'm going to ride with this dude. But that's how it is in any profession, right? Like, again, I go to radio because that's the profession I'm in. That's the business I'm in. There are a lot of people who get jobs because they're either cheaper People who get jobs because they're sexier, they look better. You know, like I, I consider myself to be a very high-level radio personality who is beyond qualified for every job that's open. For the most part, I think I'm when I see a job open up, I say, oh, I could. I mean, I'm qualified for that job. I've had major market experience in Philadelphia, Houston. I'm in Nashville. I've been in New Orleans. I've been in Baton Rouge. I've been at it for 20 years. I have a, a bloodline. Of being in radio. I know radio. I dig radio. Like, there are plenty of jobs that I am more than qualified for that other people have gotten. I told you this when I was in 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 uh, out of work in Houston, I reached out to multiple radio stations in Nashville that had openings for sports stations, and the motherfuckers never called me back. I am beyond qualified for those jobs. But to say that, you know, like one of the jobs went to a gal here that had never had a full-time radio job. It was like a second person on a show, a job that I was beyond more than qualified for, probably way too qualified for, shouldn't have accepted it if it were offered. But they chose that person. Why? For whatever reason they chose that person for. They make the choices. That's their decision. I mean, look, it sucks when you, you get passed over for shit. And I'm sure there are some coaches that are on that staff that are like, ah, fuck, this sucks. Why didn't I get my opportunity? But certainly not John Fox and Gus Bradley. Give me a fucking break. But that's part of the game, man. You know? I mean, it happens in anything. I'm sure Bill Cower doesn't bitch when some new rookie comes in that's awesome all world and rolls in and takes some starter's job because he's damn good and better than that guy or the coach thinks he's better than that guy. It's how these things work. It's an interim head coaching job. And there have been examples. Hell, the Colts are an example of a team that had an interim head coach that did so well that he became a head coach. That was Bruce Arians. You know, Bruce Arians won a bunch of games, won coach of the year when uh, Chuck Pagano uh, was sick, and he got the job with the Cardinals. So, I mean, they're not wrong when they say this could be an opportunity for someone to see what you can do and hire you. That's not wrong, but maybe they want to see what this guy can do. It's like, what's wrong with that? You know, maybe the idea isn't to bring a guy in to see what he can do so some other team can hire him. Maybe the idea is to see what this guy could do because you've thought forever that he can be a coach. You feel like your season's kind of a wash as is. So let's just see what the guy's got, see how he runs the team, see how they react. Is that bad? Is that wrong? Is it racist? Is it evil? Is it, what is it? Like, what is wrong with that? The Colts just had to fire a guy that they thought was legendary. They thought that that Frank Reich was going to be their guy. Obviously, Frank Reich was not their guy. So they fire him, and they want to see what this guy's got. Why not do it in a lost season? And by the way, if the guy somehow gets hot and they win some games, they might sneak in. It's going to be tough. The AFC is just loaded with five, six, seven-win teams. So it's going to be tough. They only have four wins. But why not? 
The season's bottomed out. You thought it was going to be a much better season when you brought in Matt Ryan. So who cares? See what he can do. But the reaction to this, the vitriol from this, the hate from this was wild, man. Now, not everybody's been that way, but it was wild. And that's why when dopes like Bill Cower, it's a disgrace to the coaching profession. Mm. What happened in Indianapolis is a travesty. When guys like that are so sanctimonious and holier than thou and over the top and go on television and do stuff like that and sound pathetic, when I saw that yesterday, I was all in on Jeff Saturday. Just wanted Jeff Saturday to win. It's all I wanted. Just give me a win. You could lose 10 in a row, but at least the week leading up to this where you've been crapped on, give me the W. And that's what they got. It's a disgrace to the coaching profession. Mm. What happened in Indianapolis is a travesty. Oh, I love it. That makes me so happy and brings me so much joy. Like, I have not wanted a win for a team that's not my own in so long like I wanted that one yesterday. I was locked into that game, just wanted it so badly. Oh, but what about John Fox? Oh, shut up, Bill Cowher. And I get it. Like, you know, I, I, you know, contrary to popular belief, like I worked my way up the ladder in radio. I wasn't just, you know, given Houston or, or Philadelphia. I mean, I spent, what, five years, six years in Baton Rouge on the radio and doing different stuff. So I get it. Like, it sucks when people who you don't think have put in the same amount of effort as you are getting those gigs. But ultimately, I'm not the one that makes those decisions. And I got to make myself just completely. Like so good and so attractive that you can't pass up my talents. You know, that's what you got to do. It's the way the game works. But man, I enjoyed that yesterday. Go Jeff Saturday. I'm your number one fan.